From Anchor.fm out of Philadelphia, I'm Quincy Stallworth with Kinsey Questions. Today we interview Ashley Caldwell. Ashley is a staff writer and photographer for the Spirit newspaper. As an investigative journalist in the Delaware County area, she, go- she gains access to all levels of society. The Spirit is the only news weekly dedicated to covering the news, the people, the events, and the issues affecting residents and businesses in the Delaware County. She's also an active member of the National Association of Black Journalists, known as the NABJ, the first and oldest association of black journalists in the country. She's here to talk about her experience as a journalist in Delaware County and as a woman of color in a white male-driven world of newsmen. Join us, but first, a break. Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day, and brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites, and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance. We're here to help, and we're ready to get busy for you. Visit us at 1030designs.com today. That's 1030designs.com. is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day and brand consistency builds confidence at 1030 designs we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos social media posts websites and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance we're here to help and we're ready to get busy for you visit us at 1030designs.com today that's 1030designs Hello, everyone. This is Quincy Stallworth with King State Questions. Today, I am speaking with the incredible... Ash, the writer, as she is known on Instagram, she's a reporter for the Spirit newspaper and also an incredible person and a mother. How you doing, Ash? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing never better, never better. That's how good I'm doing. Yeah. I got some questions for you, Ash. I've known you via social media for several years, and I've always been a respecter of what you do because you're a legitimate journalist. But would you consider yourself more of a journalist or an investigative reporter? Ooh, um, I want to say both. Um, when I first started out, it was me just reporting. Like I was, I would get a call and say, "Hey, go there." I go there, I write about it, take pictures, do what I had to do. Um, 
but it wasn't until I started at the spirit where my editor really started pushing me to become more investigative. So that's why I want to say both. Hmm. Are you comfortable with both or you kind of feel like, you know, you're being pushed in many directions? Um, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with both. The only time I'm not comfortable with the investigative reporter is it depends on the subject. Um, only because as reporters, you have to be completely objective, completely Mm. objective. And for me personally, sometimes it's really hard. Um, I do speak out a lot about things that I agree with or don't agree with whatever I believe in and I'm learning that as a reporter as a journalist like I have to remain objective even if I'm feeling a certain type of way like I cannot invite any type of subjective hints and anything that I'm reporting or whatever so sometimes it's um it's kind of difficult doing investigative work because especially if it's something that um kind of interests me or or is close to me it's right. it's kind of like i don't i just made that relationship i don't want to mess it up by you know mm-hmm. pulling out their dirt but what when it has to be done it has to be done um but i will tell you this regardless of what the situation is journalism will always point you in different ways because it's a never ending trail you know and it's always it when when i i I, I look at journalism a lot of times as those type of shows or movies that have those um twisted or plot uh, a plot twist that they always mm-hmm. have because mm-hmm. you can write something and read you can write something and investigate something and every time you turn around it's like once you find one thing there's a whole nother aspect to whatever the story is that you're writing so it, it, it honestly depends on the um the the subject. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of a story. Sometimes you'll uh, you'll I'll listen to these uh, plot twist investigative reporters, mm-hmm. and they're looking into a internet uh, uh, rabbit hole thing, and then you find out that they are also now investigating the rise of white supremacy in America that no one knew about via YouTube. Yep. And you're like, wow, <laughs> it's just, there's uh, yeah. many of the things that we begin to look at. As mm-hmm. journalists, it's just the symptoms of something we did, we were unaware of. Yep, very true. So, when did you emerge on the scene as a journalist and an investigative reporter? Okay, so I I was always doing um, journalism work. Uh, Twenty seventeen, I graduated. Well, I had my official ceremony. I graduated December. 2016 but we didn't have the ceremony until 2017 at that time i also had just given birth to my son um so i kind of took like like about five or six months not doing anything um then i got into childcare, and but I, i was doing um like freelance work for the philadelphia tribune and um for other small people uh, just on write-up for just writing making sure i stay writing for different organizations or different people who had business um and after that in 20 i want to say 20 2019 yeah 2018 2018 i was still doing freelancing but i was working as child care so i want to say 20 last year okay 20, so um because I've, I've been at my current 
newspaper since April of last year. Um, So I, and when I, when I got on with him, I was completely, I was literally just really getting into the game. Even though I had been writing for so long, right? this was the first time that I'm actually being a full-time reporter. Like I'm focusing on stories and different things like that. So um, 2019, I got on and I want to say that he kind of like threw me out to the wolves. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, I start. I, I started official. Uh, I became official in April 2019. I want to say by June, he's like, "Okay, let's go." Um, and my very first investigative story was the situation that took place with um, the city of Chester and um, Aqua, Pennsylvania, and uh, the the Chester Water Authority, Delcora. Hmm. Um, I, I believe it's called the. The Delaware County Regional Valley Water Control Authority, something like that, but it's it's basically Delcora. Wow. Uh, and there was some things going on there, and it's still it's still an ongoing situation where you know Delcora and um or Chester and Aqua was trying to sell Delcora and Delcora and different ratepayers were saying, hey, no, you can't do that. So it became this big old thing, and then we found out all the financial issues that was taking place in Chester. So mm. that's still like an ongoing thing. I covered that for for a few, but um, I, I want to say June of last year is when I really be started doing like um, investigative investigative work. So I want to, yeah, I want to say. Hmm. Well. You, you, you do you get some pretty exclusive uh, invitations as well as being an investigative journalist. Uh, I've seen you in places where it's like uh, it's either too expensive to get in, or yeah. you have to be a certain somebody. Yes. You know, it's all. It almost reminds me of of the Daniel Craig uh, Casino Royale movie. <laughs> you you tend to get uh, invitations to places. And the people who invite you don't truly know that you're a spy, but technically, as a journalist, that's what you do. You spy. What's yep. what's that like? Those exclusive invitations. You know what? It's it's so funny um, because I, I I I made a joke and I told my boss. I said I love doing this, and he said why? I said because I get a free invitation. I get free food. And I get free, um, uh, 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 what's the word, uh, souvenirs. Because when I go to these places, I'll go and they'll like when I get up to get up to the desk, the registration desk, and they're like, "Hey, um, how you doing? Welcome to such and such. What's your name?" I said, "Hi, my name is Ashley Cole. I'm a reporter with the Spirit Newspaper. I'm here to cover the event." Oh, thank you so much for being here. Um, here, you sit here. Would you like to get something to eat? Do you want anything? You're here. Take this or take that. And it's almost as if it's like. They try to do everything that they can to make me feel as welcome so that I can write a positive story or they're just so happy to have some type of media attention. Right. And it's it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, and I, I, I personally like it because I feel like it is it is exposure. It's, I'm getting exposure to these different events and these different um, avenues and how people celebrate things and what they're doing and uh, what people do and how they're just helping the communities and what like th- all these different types of avenues 
to me, it's more like uh, and it's an, it's an experience to see and hear about things that I've never heard about before. I've never known about before. Um, and it's just an eye opener letting me know that this world is so much bigger than what we think it is. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, how does law enforcement react to your presence when you when you step up to a scene that you know there are police at and you you're there to get the news? Oh, um, for the most part, I get a really good response. Um, I've I've become very friendly with a lot of local police officers and um, police departments because of the different work that I've had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and before, you know, coronavirus took place, I was always, I was attending er- almost everybody's meeting in Delaware County. I was always at the council meetings and different things like that. So people saw me and they saw my presence. And I always, from the from the very beginning, after every meeting, I would go up, shake everybody's hand, say, hey, just letting you know. I'm here, remember me, or whatever was going on. And I developed that relationship where if things happen, I would just, I would call them and say, hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? Or, you know, what's happening? Or I heard this. Can you talk to me about it? And they're willing to give me the information. And I I, I built a, a relationship with them, but I also built trust with them because everything that I've, whenever I asked them questions or interviewed them about anything, I wrote what the topic was, what I asked them. Like I never twisted their words. I never asked them about something and then wrote a story that was totally different than what it was. I never tried to make them out, make them out to look bad. I never, you know, make, try to try to make the department look bad. I never, you know, I never did any of that. I always told the story the way that I saw it. Right. Um, and that's very important for for journalists to do is when you're covering something or when you're interviewing somebody, you have to keep it at the story. You can't just take certain things and, you know, twist it up or, you know, make it fit your agenda or make it fit something so that you can get, you know, views or clicks or, you know, ratings or whatever. It's about telling the story as it is, telling the facts as it is. And many times um, if I've covered something that involved law enforcement, if I got it wrong, or if I covered whatever it is, say if it was a deadline day, and deadline day means um, on Mondays we go to press. So if something happens on deadline day, which is on a Monday, I would take whatever I got that day and write it up. Um, And then if it was something totally different than what I wrote, I would contact the police police or anybody in law enforcement and say, hey, listen, I wrote this story, yada, yada, this is what I found out. Can you give me any uh, any information? And when I uh, wrote the follow up story, it would come out with all the facts. Or even even if I didn't do a deadline day story, I would wait until I got all the facts before I even wrote a story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why when I go to um, police scenes, I don't have a I don't have an issue. Like I'll see them. I, I call them by name. If there's an officer there who doesn't know me, I'll ask for the chief on 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 um, scene. The chief will know me, and they say, "Hey, listen, let me let me handle this right now. As soon as I'm done, I get right with you." And they always come back to me. So it's about building that relationship, um, sticking true to your word, and not twisting their words, not trying to make them look bad or good, but just stating the story as it is. Hmm. 
do you have a police scanner or do you do you kind of just keep your ear to the streets in a way? Um, I don't have a police scanner and I sh- probably should have. Okay. Um, so that's on me for not having it. Right. Um, but I do keep my ear to the ground. But also, too, I, I, I have a lot of um, officers who either reach out to my editor or reach out to me personally. And they'll say, hey, listen, this is going on. You might want to come and check it out. Wow. Or just to let you know, this is what's, this is what just happened. Here, here's somebody that you might need to talk to or call that person. So, um, again, I've built that relationship with many people in law enforcement in Dillard County. And it's at a point where I would either get a call from them or they would call my editor and my editor would send it to me and say, hey, look, go check this out. Or I just got this information from such and such. Call him back and have him talk to you. And they just tell me whatever needs to be done. So it's basically like I don't really have to go fishing for information. Information a lot of times, right? It like comes, it, it literally falls in my lap sometimes. Do you so you have informants? Yeah, I okay. guess you can say that. Okay, all right. Uh, let me reintroduce you. Uh, I'm with Ash Ashley Caldwell, she's a staff writer of the Spirit News in Chester, Pennsylvania. She's an incredible writer. You can follow her on Instagram at Ashley Writer. I think, are you also on YouTube? No. Okay, okay, just just Instagram and follow her <laughs> stories on the Spirit newspaper in Chester. We'll be back with more Can you say Questions with Ashley Caldwell right after this. Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day, and brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites, and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance. We're here to help, and we're ready to get busy for you. Visit us at 1030designs.com today. That's 1030designs.com. Hello, everyone. We're back with Tuesday Questions. I'm with the staff writer at the Spirit Newspaper in Chester. I'm with the incredible Ashley Caldwell. Now, Ashley, is the Spirit just the newspaper, or do you guys have uh, other medias? I know you have a website and one of them, but you guys have uh, like. Um, we're, we're still in the process of revamping and redeveloping um, the TV show, which is called Pulse TV. Okay. Uh, well, or the Spirit Pulse, something like that. Um, but I just wanted to make a quick correction. Um, he started in in Chester, Pennsylvania, but um, he covers all of Delaware County. So he took the Chester part out, and it's just okay. the spirit. Um, we're con- we're currently headquartered in Collingdale, PA, but we cover all of Delaware County. Oh, okay, okay. The spirit of Delaware County. Thank you very much. 
Yep. I want to be clear on that. Okay, now you you do your own photography. I noticed uh, while when I first met you, you were out there doing your own photography. For comic book fans, you're a mix of Peter Parker and Lois Lane. Uh, <laughs> journalists today are asked to do so much more to keep their names relevant. I once heard in an NPR interview that a journalist was asked to tweet at least eight times a day. Is the workload more than what one trains for in school for journalism? Um, it depends. Uh, yeah, I, I would say yes, because of the fact that media is always emerging, technology is always evolving, and we always have to make sure that we are up to date on these emergences and on these um, evolutions, uh, because people look at media for all of their information, whether it's news media, whether it's print media, whether it's podcasts, whether it's social media. Um, people look at media for their information, and a lot of times it's easier. Uh, well, not, I don't want to say easier, but people, people, a lot of times people look to the web and look to social media for their information and for news stories and things like that. So um, if I'm at, if, if it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon and something happens at 1215, I'm at work and I can't get to a TV to watch the 12 o'clock news or the, right. a, a breaking news segment. So if I hear something or if I read a post on Facebook or Twitter, hey, I'm going to go check out and I'm going I'm to click on the link to where whatever the news thing is. So I would, I would say um, it, the workload is a lot because you have to always be um, you have to always be up, up to date with the information. You have to always be pushing out information. What I would say, though, is that um, take advantage of the different types of media and journalism courses and things that people have and just making sure you're getting involved in like organizations such as the uh, Philadelphia Association of Black Journalists, the National Association of Black Journalists, like those type of organizations are very, very important because they're always offering mentorships and programs and different things that can help journalists stay up to date and stay on, on top of everything that's going on. Um, and uh, again, like I said, media media is always technology is always you know evolving so it's easier to get it's easy it's, it's easier because information gets out there faster and it helps people who don't have time or who don't have that access to that news station or to that paper to that newspaper to get that information online because that's where everybody's going anyway so it's like you know when you're getting in there make sure you get involved make sure you you know you dig in there for journalism students or broadcast student students take up digital media take up photography take up something that's going to help you stay up to date with what you're doing right and, and it's uh it's like uh you got to do some internship somewhere <laughs> yes 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 how does it feel uh, how does your family feel about your pursuit in, 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 in this, in this uh, world of journalism? How does your family feel about this lifestyle you've chosen? They love it. They are very supportive of it. 
and um, my mom is a huge fan and a huge supporter. She loves bragging about me and all the people that I get to meet and all the people that I have met, the people that, I, that I've been able to take a picture with for her and send pictures of or had her talk to. Um, I had her talk to Bob Casey one time and Clifton Heights when I had to cover a meeting at the um, Today's Child Daycare Center. Um, Nancy Pelosi, when she visited Delaware County Community College, um, I've developed a, a good relationship with uh, Congresswoman Mary Gay Scanlon and um, State Representative um, Leanne Kruger and State Senator Tim Carney and State Senator Anthony Williams. Like, I've developed pretty good relationships with these people. So, you know, my mom is so hyper. And I appreciate it. They're, they're, my family is just amazing. And they're, I have such a great support system. And it's times where, you know, last minute I'll call somebody and say, hey, I need you guys to watch my son. I got to go to work. And they're like, okay, cool. Bring him over. So I, I really appreciate them. They're, they're really amazing. More and more Black journalists are speaking up about how they are marginalized in the uh, newsrooms. And they, they're, they're asking that people to, uh, pay attention to the number of Black journalists that are even in newsrooms today. Do you face this sort of discrimination in the workplace? Thankfully, thank God, I do not. Mm. Um, the newspaper I work for is Black-owned, is independently owned. And it is the only and the oldest African-American newspaper in Delaware County. Mm. Um, my editor is very, very amazing. Um, and he, 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 he also runs a very diverse staff. So it's not just all Black people working. It's not just only white people working. Um, it's, he's really, really one of those type of people mm. that is like, I don't care what color you are I don't care what race you are I don't care what ethnicity you are what your religious background or your political affiliation is if you can write here as long as you know how to do your job you have a job here hmm. that's, a, that's, that's very encouraging what type of discrimination have you encountered uh, on job sites where you go to uh, do some investigative reporting um, I, I have definitely faced a lot of discrimination in certain parts. Um, but, and, and, you know, I, I might get yelled at for this, or I might, people might say something wrong to me. I, I, I don't know, but I'm telling you from my experience, there have been situations where I have covered something, say if I covered it in, um, Chester or if I covered it in, um, say like up a Derby or something, the risk or the response I've gotten from areas like Rutledge or um, Radnor Township or Concord Township, I've gotten a better response from white people in those type of areas than I have from people who live closer to me mm. and the lower parts of Delaware County. Um, it's not all. It's not all because I've definitely experienced some some racism in in certain parts, and I've definitely experienced some prejudiceness in other parts. Um, you know, some people have been kind, some people haven't. But on average, I can I will have a better reaction going farther out in the more predominantly white neighborhoods 
of Delaware County than I do in some of the more um, diverse or only black, you know, uh, neighborhoods. And to me, I, 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 I try not to take offense to a lot of stuff because I just sometimes I just be like, well, maybe they're just they just don't want to be on in, in the newspaper, whatever the case is fine not a problem yeah those are just my observations so i don't really take um i don't really take it personal but what i will say i take personal is blatant and purposeful intimidation tactics um i'm not sure if you've heard but um recently ridley township there was a black lives matter protest in ridley township and Mm -hmm. some of the ridley residents as well as um, members of the Veterans of Foreign Foreign Wars VFW members, mm-hmm. they were out there and they conducted literally intimidation, blatant racism, mm-hmm. and regardless of all the any opposition that I've ever gotten, this was by far the worst experience I've ever had mm-hmm. um, because. I was in the middle of it doing my job, taking photos, and I was there objectively just to do a job. The fact of the matter was that I was in the middle of these protesters and people, the the counter protesters took that and they didn't see me as a reporter. Some people I feel, I felt like they may have not just wanted to be interviewed. So I didn't take certain, um, reactions personally but um in ridley township last saturday which is august 1st there was a black lives matter protest and the blatant there was blatant and and purposeful intimidation on the black lives matter protest Mm. some of the counter protesters they were they were calling people the n-word they were spitting at people they were yelling at people they were um throwing up their middle fingers to people and um there, there was times I was even yelled at. I was called the N-word. And I'm looking at it, at it as, I'm here to do my job. Like, I'm just taking photos. And but and it was like, they, they didn't see me as a reporter. They didn't see me as somebody just there from the outside. They saw me in the middle of it and was just like, oh, you're one of them. Right. You, need, you get what I'm saying? And they, they associated me with the group because... I was in the middle of it taking photos and doing my job. And it was like to have that experience where it's like, you don't know me from can of paint. You don't know what I'm here for, but you're assuming that I'm here for this purpose. And I'm being attacked along with all these innocent people because you don't agree with the movement that they're doing. You don't agree with this march. Right. And I, that, that really kind of upset me. That really, really kind of upset me. But what upset me the most was that, you know, there was no police presence and there was no police protection for the protesters. And, you know, I, I talked to an, an official and he said, well, you know, there were police police officers there. They, they were um, plain clothes. And I said, well, where were their badges? Why weren't their badges put in front of them? I said, why were their badges put away? Nobody knew where the police were. Right. Nobody knew who was the police and who was the counter protesters because they didn't make that stuff aware. They didn't make themselves aware. I said, I've gone to plenty of uh, Black Lives Matter protests in Delaware County and plain clothes officers, you always knew who was who. 
Right. And, you know, and it was just like that that to me that that was the most that that was the worst issue I've ever been through. Um and that was the most disheartening thing that I've ever had to deal with on the job. And it's so complex it's so it's so complicated to write and mm-hmm. not be uh, a part of the side that is being oppressed. It's 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 almost impossible it, as a human being. Um, I'm looking at this article now. It's really really emotional and powerful, and, and some of the uh, the comments, uh, one of the comments underneath it, yes. they're more concerned about the constitutional right than it is, you know, just craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you see yourself in the future as an editor? Oh, yes, I can. Yes, I, I, I can. My, my editor actually is trying to get me to, you know, get over top of the newspaper once he gets ready to retire. Um, but I, I'm, I want to proceed with caution because I have this every time somebody says they want to put me in leadership, I have like this mini anxiety attack because I'm like, oh, my gosh, um, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to fail. This thing is going to go straight down the toilet. So, um, but I think I just have to get over that hump. Like if I get out of my head. But you're not a failure. You're not a failure. (laughs) I know failures. Trust me. I failures think like this. All I want is that position. I just want that position. I, once I get that position, that position, a person who is successful Ways the ways and everything. If I take this position, I'll be accountable for this. Will I be able to yep. handle it? I don't want to anyone to fail. I don't want this paper to fail. But you certainly don't want someone else coming in and being being just concerned about a position. And and okay. I've seen a lot of people end up working for people who were only obsessed with titles and positions and seeing things go terribly wrong. Right. And so uh, I, w- I would I would urge you to take your editor's advice. <laughs> Let me reintroduce you really fast. Uh, everyone, uh, I am with the incredible journalist, investigative reporter, Ashley Caldwell. She is a reporter for The Spirit. They report on the entire Delaware County area. You can go to, the, to their paper, thespirit.com, chesterspirit.com, and you can see all of the amazing local news in that area. We'll be back with more right after this. is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day and brand consistency builds confidence at 1030 designs we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos social media posts websites and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance we're here to help and we're ready to get busy for you visit us at 1030designs.com today that's 1030designs
clock has started. Hello, everyone. It is Quincy Stallworth with the incredible journalist, investigative reporter. She is a mix of Peter Parker and Lois Lane. Her name is Ashley Caldwell, and she seriously writes for The Spirit, a newspaper that covers the entire Delaware County. Ashley, how are you? We're back for the third time, you and me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, still well. What have you learned about yourself that you didn't know before this whole pandemic? Ooh, um, what have I learned about myself during this whole pandemic? That I am very resourceful Mm. and very resilient. Um, a lot of times, and and I mean, I kind of know knew this. Um, like, cause my my father is a hard hard worker, and all of his children are hard workers and. You know, I always knew that I was a hard worker, but I never knew that I was this much of a hard worker during this, you know, entire time. And, you know, um, I've also, I've learned that, you know, I I make things happen. Like I've I've learned how to make things happen. I didn't realize that I had the um, courage to get up and do things until I actually got up and I was forced to get up and do things. Right. Um, one of the good things about this pandemic is that I have not stopped working since. Um, my workload actually increased. Of course um, it did. But I've I've been able to, you know, take care of other things. Um, there are some personal things that I wanted to do media related. And even while I was still working, I was still able to really put some serious effort into the personal things that I'm passionate about so yeah well that's important I'm glad you discovered some things but I also want to know is it hard following is is it hard because I read your your powerful article uh, in, in the spirit about the protests and the, the reaction of people so I'm kind of st- stumbling with this question because when I wrote it it was easier to write it than it is to actually think about it and say it now after reading your article. Is it is it really emotionally hard following uh, the Black Lives Matter um, groups for reporting? Emotionally. It is because you see a lot of people that are so against it. And you see these young people who are so passionate about change. You see people who are so passionate about having, standing up for what they believe in and what they think is right. And then you have these other people, this other side of people who are like, you guys are just complaining or you're being too sensitive and then they're making it political and it's like Mm -hmm. this is not a political situation this is a social situation this is life and death for some people you know and it's really hard because it's like it's always hard when you when you're covering something that directly affects you you know i'm a i'm an african-american woman Mm -hmm. and i have Black brothers, black sisters, a black father, a black mother, mm-hmm. black nephews, aunts, uncle, cousins, and I have a black son. 
So when I have to go through, go, go through, uh, go to these types of events or cover these types of meetings and things, and I'm sitting there and I, I have to write objectively. It's very hard because I can't help but to think, what if that was my brother? Right. What if that was my sister? What if that was my son, my nephew? What if that was my, my dad? You get what I'm saying? So it's really hard to separate that because this is happening in the black community in which I'm a part of. But I have to write about it in an objective way. Um, but I, I, I do want to stop real quick and give a huge shout out to um, the Pennsylvania uh, Philadelphia Association of Black Journalists. They have a, um, a, a Facebook group page, a group page on Facebook. And I wrote in there one time and I was because I was covering it early on in the riots and stuff and it it really messed me up emotionally. And I, I wrote on there and I asked him, I said, what, how do you guys handle it? You know, and I'm talking to senior journalists and the type of advice that they gave me, it was just amazing. And it was so needed. And some of them said, Hey, listen, sometimes you, you have to step back. You got to pray. You got to like put it aside for a little bit and then go back or just take all of that emotion that you have and put it into those words. And that's what I've been make, making sure to do, that whenever I'm writing, all the emotion that I'm feeling, personally, I need to put it into my writing objectively. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really been helping me to get through those emotional spouts whenever I'm covering this or whenever there's an mm-hmm. issue that's taking place involving the Black Lives Matter, such as the Ridley March that I um, talked to you about earlier. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's really how it is. I mean, it, the emotional the emotionality of it doesn't go away. It's just learning how to channel it into my writing so that people can feel it, so that people can understand, and so our readers can say, "Okay, you know what? This is a serious situation, right. and I think we need to listen." Right. What can we as readers do to support your journey? as a journalist uh, and, and investigative reporter, what can we do? Oh, just keep letting us know what's going on. Like keep, keep tagging us, letting us know what's going on, calling us, uh, you know, make sure it's not, it's not no dumb stuff. Make sure it's something that's seriously legit. Um, some of the things that, that I learned in school and even, you know, on the job is it has to be in proximity. Like it has to be near wherever you're talking about. It has to be, relative to whatever you're near like you can't act you can't ask me to write about something that happened in portland and it's not happening in delaware county gotcha you you know what i'm saying it doesn't apply to delaware county people but you know if you're asked if you're giving me information about the stimulus the second stimulus check well yeah give me that information because that that uh, applies to delaware county people there are a lot of delaware county residents who are unemployed so you got to make sure it, it's it's proximity and then it's uh um what is it um i forgot the word but you know that it that is it it don't don't some time it it, it deals with time right. i can't remember the name of so forgive me right. but it deals with time you know you it's can't, the hour <laughs> right you can't you can't send me something that took place 
four months ago. You know, right, something right. happening right now. You know, and yes. if it's some, if it's something that's really, 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 really weighing heavily on your heart, and you're really passionate about it, and you really want the news to do something, you tell me, and you know what, I'm gonna take it to my editor, and if he says okay, I'm gonna look into it. If it turns out to be something, you got your story. If it doesn't, I'll come back and talk to you about it. So you know, just just being in. Keeping us in the loop, letting us know what's going on, even if it's not about nothing bad. Like if, it, if something positive is going on, you're giving away clothes, you're doing this, you're doing something like that. You just gave money to an organization. Let it, let us know. Let right. us know. We'll come out. We'll take photos. We'll get y'all names. We'll put y'all in the paper so that people can see. Just call us. Right. Call us. Right. Don't don't be uh. Don't be a glory hogging, uh, self important person. Yes. Who's like, oh, yes, my daughter's graduating this week. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to lie. I get really annoyed when I find out stuff. And I'm like, why didn't they tell us? I could have reported on this. Or there's sometimes like my editor be like, why didn't you go cover this? And I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know. So um, yeah. there's a, there is a website called Scanners. I should find it and send you the link. But they do, uh, they do offer like scanning for police scanners in your area, and even allows you to record and keep record of the scans. You know that's how they're catching these cops in uh, New York for getting on the radio and saying shoot them all during the Ooh. protests. That happened really. Yeah. Oh wow. Not not, not by the police, but you there there was a, a video of some of the counter protesters, and they were saying, you know, we're gonna smoke them out, get them here they come, here they come, and then it was one guy he said Black Lives Splatter, so yeah, 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 all that kind of stuff is crazy. Is it townships tend to be uh, in a world of their own, and it's sad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes I wonder what the um, Christian leaders on the on the other side are thinking. As they uh, just collect the money. <laughs> collect the money. Listen. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, uh, though, surprisingly, surprisingly, though, a lot of religious leaders have stepped out and has has literally addressed these issues. Right. Um, and I'm not talking about just black leaders and black pastors. I'm talking about white pastors. A lot of white pastors and uh, synagogue leaders and all those other religious leaders they have literally come out and have spoken against it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, again, that, that's another, that's another thing, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, what they don't realize is that a lot of people think, Oh, you're a pastor. You should be doing this or you should be doing this. Or, you know, if I heard somebody say one time, you know, God, God, God died for everybody. All lives matter. Yeah, that's true. God did die for every, every, everybody and all lives do matter. But, what everybody is saying is all if all lives matter that has to include black lives right. and if black lives matter that means that our lives cannot be so you know can it cannot be taken so quickly you know right. our lives cannot be granted for or just disrespected the way that they have been right right so, you know to see that I, I think that's a that's a very good start what's next what's your next uh assignment what are you working on next can you talk about it or yeah um well right now i'm i'm still working on the ridley situation um a lot of people have come out i covered and um a press press conference yesterday um a lot of uh, local legislators as well as delaware county council and 
the Delaware County Black Caucus, they held a press conference denouncing what the police did or their inaction for for doing anything and for what and denouncing what the VFW members did. Right. Um, they also are calling for the district attorney for Delaware County, Jack Stolzheimer, to do an, a, an investigation on the VFW members as well as the police's inaction. Hmm. Um, because people people are really upset. They, they're really upset and they really feel like the Ridley Township police did not uphold their oath by protecting everybody. Right. Um, and, and, and peaceful protest, right. if they're not protected, then you get riots. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, but, you know, really already has a, uh, already, already has a bad reputation for being, you know, racist and for being, you know, jerks. Right. Excuse my language. But, um, you know, so it's one of those things where they're, where they're saying, you know, you, you can't do this. You can't do this. And then also there are some school board members that apparently were saying certain things. So they're calling for their rec- resignations and, you know, telling them, listen, you're going to be over top of our kids. We need to make sure our kids are safe. And if you feel this way about black people or if you feel yeah. this way about, you know, this Black Lives Matter movement, then my black child who goes to Ridley Township High School, who goes to one of the elementary or middle schools, how do I know that my child is going to be safe with you as its leader yes. if you have these issues with black people? Right. You know what I'm right. So that's one of the things I'm working on. Um, I'm also working, I'm also finishing up a, a story. Um, Delaware County Community College, the, they just created um, a center for uh equality and uh, inclusion, something like that. And they just had a, 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 their first webinar. The series was diversity and inclusion. And the topic was community and policing. Hmm. So, um, and uh, they had a few, they had um, Jaden police officer, Anthony, uh, not police officer, police chief, Anthony Papero and uh, DA Jack Stolzheimer on there. And it was a very, 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 great webinar hmm. um it, it was very informative they had it they had a pastor on there and they had a um uh some other like a, um, a defense attorney and some and some other really really good people on there and it was a very very good webinar and it if you watch it it's like you automatically get a glimpse a glimpse of hope because hearing these things it's like okay this is what we're talking about these are the type of conversations that we need to have and that we need to have with police officers. Um, also, too, um, I, my my the newspaper actually we held a um a, a an event called Summit for Serious Solutions, and we invited all of the police chiefs of Delaware County to attend. Right. Um, not, not all of them could make it, but a, a fair share of them actually came. This was uh, early July. I think it was July 9th. And that also was a very good, um, a very good summit because we got to hear a lot of what the police officers had to deal with, the concerns that they had, right? And the some solutions that they had. And right. one of the one of the guests, um, her name was Sheila Carter, and she was actually the first female um, police chief in um, in Sharon Hill. She's no longer there no more but she was you know back in the day or whatever mm-hmm. um and she made she made a perfect 
perfect um, suggestion. And she said, these are the type of conversations that we need to have with the community. You know, whenever we have these conversations, we need to bring the community in so that we can hear so that the police and the community can have a discussion with each other. And so that they can talk and just and hear each other out. These are my concerns. And I'm, I'm a community member. These are my concerns. These are the solutions that I think would be okay. Police right. officers, these are our concerns. These are our solutions that we believe. And one of the things that, the, that we found out in the summit is that there is a lot of miscommunication and misperception on both parties. And right. when you sit down and you talk, and you inter- interact and engage with one another, a lot of those misperceptions can be dispelled. A right. lot of those biases can be dispelled. You have to sit down and talk and listen, like not just talk, not yell, listen. You have to listen and hear. I've learned that even racial biases can be uh, dispelled if you just sit down and talk to people. It, it, it is. It, it really can be because there are a lot of times where, you know, when when I was younger, I didn't like white people when I was younger. I had a very bad experience with some white people in, in, in elementary school, and I didn't like white people. I didn't want to be with white people. It wasn't, I, I was homeschooled for high school. When I got to college, and I saw how diverse college was, and I got involved, and it was just like, hold on, wait, these people are so nice. Right. I said, okay, cool. They're not as bad as I thought. They're not as bad as, you know, what I was told by, you know, cousins and brothers and whatever cases. So it's, it's like once you have your own interaction, whatever you thought or whatever you were told or whatever you grew up under, you'll learn that, okay, this is not what I thought it was because you have your own experience. That's what it is. You have to develop your own experience and stop going off of what you were brought up under. Hmm. Yes, it's okay to listen and it's okay to take heed to it, but you have to develop those experiences and those thoughts and perceptions on your own that's that's how things are going that's how things are going to get to an okay place if i come to you if i if i think this is this is this this about you i'm coming to you and i find out okay wait this is not about that so maybe a few people in your group or in your in your you know ethnicity may be like this but not all of you are right and i say i say this all the time i say this all the time it is not fair to categorize an entire group based off of what a portion does. Right. Because everybody is not the same. And no, you can't talk to everybody. No, you can't communicate with everybody. But if you stop associating everybody with what some do, then you'll be able to say, you know what? I can't hold everybody accountable for what these people do. I can't say all black people are criminals because there are a few black people who commit crimes. I can't say all white people are racist because there are a few white people who have said the N-word. You get what I'm saying? I can't say all Muslims are terrorists because there are a few Muslims who committed terrorist acts. I can't do that. So that's that's the notion. Thank you so much for your time, Ashley. Uh, We wish you well. Everyone, you can find more of Ashley's writing. At the, at the spirit chester.com you can follow her on instagram at ashley the writer thank you so much you have yourself a great night thank you too be well all right bye bye
want to thank Ashley Caldwell for appearing on the podcast. Please check out her writings in the Spirit newspaper for Delaware County. Keen State Questions has been a production of Anchor.fm and the good people over at Spotify. We also want to thank the talented staff of 1030 Designs for crafting our logos and promotional material. Thank you for listening and have a great day.